Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach, Laura Kelly, teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and practicing attorney, Laura Kelly. Recently, someone asked me what I like about reality TV. I said, hey, it's light and easy, like reading a magazine, but without even reading. It's the American dream. Some days I want to sit on my couch and play Candy Crush while fancy ex-Mormons duke it out on camera, you know? And I have been accused of being vapid on more than a few occasions, notably by men who are threatened by me, but that's for another podcast. Don't get me wrong. I studied postmodern philosophy and love intensely dark drama comedies with themes such as class, race, relationships, and misogyny, like White Lotus. But shows like that don't just require focus, they often require re-watching, especially if I wasn't focused on the first or second viewing. They are also not reality. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City may be rich, but they aren't yacht-owning, Italian palazzo-owning rich. They aren't rich-rich. They aren't Illuminati-rich or Taylor Swift. And the truth is, I think the drama is familiar to me. Literally familiar. My family history is mired in violence and conflict. My family didn't fight about rumors that we were involved in the Greek mafia or that someone's hairstylist husband was hooking up with strangers on Grindr. My family fought primarily due to intergenerational trauma, poverty, and drug use. And in fact, some of my earliest childhood memories involve knockdown, drag out, physical altercations amongst my family members. And this was stitched into the fabric of my own personal history. As a child, my reactivity was mired in physical and verbal violence. And sadly, that carried into adulthood for me. The body keeps score, and my body, and thus my mind, was quick to anger and aggression. But there came a point for me when I realized that I simply could not continue with the anger and aggression. Discovering mindfulness and self-compassion was truly a game changer for me. Now, obviously I still experience anger and reactivity, but verbal and physical violence is no longer an option for me. I haven't thrown something at someone in years, which is really a shame because I'm a very good shot. Now, all kidding aside, we cannot use intergenerational trauma and personal history as excuses for our own bad behavior. We must take ownership, accountability, and responsibility for our own reactions. However, we must do this with integrity and self-compassion. If we believe we are bad people because of how we react, then change will be hard to come by. If we believe that our identity is bad, it becomes fixed. But the truth is that our bodies and minds are not fixed and humans absolutely can change. However, change requires that we stop making excuses and start getting accountable. For me, I realized that anger and aggression never produced the results I wanted in my life. It just created more negativity, conflict, and drama. Better strategies for getting the results I want are understanding, compassion, empathy, boundaries, self-awareness, and a commitment to therapy, coaching, and mindfulness practices, including mindful self-compassion. That said, I'm still addicted to drama. In fact, the book Addicted to Drama, Healing Dependency on Crisis and Chaos in Yourself and Others by Dr. Scott Lyons was one of the Christmas gifts I received 
from a very well-meaning individual. I could have taken offense at this gift. Instead, I took it on board. I can see the ways I still engage in drama and reactivity. I haven't read the book yet because this season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills are still putting out episodes. But when I do, I'll come back with a review. Until then, I think self-awareness is key. And one way to bring self-awareness is through mindful inquiry. And so I'm going to teach you some steps on how to incorporate mindfulness in order to ease emotional processing and in order to have more self-compassion. So you want to start by finding a quiet place, somewhere where you're comfortable, where you can sit or lie down without distractions. Turn off your phone or put it on silent mode. Begin with a clear intention to become more aware of your emotions and physical sensations. Acknowledge that this practice can help you better understand and manage your feelings. Now close your eyes and take a few deep intentional breaths. Focus your attention on the natural rhythm of your breath. Feel the sensation of each inhalation and exhalation. Now gradually shift your attention from your breath to your body. Start at the top of your head and slowly scan down through your body, paying close attention to any physical sensations or tensions you notice along the way. The goal is to become more aware of any areas where emotion may be stored or manifesting physically. And as you scan your body, check in with your emotional state without judgment and ask yourself what emotions you may be experiencing at that moment. It could be sadness, joy, anxiety, or any other emotion. Be open to what arises. And once you identify an emotion, mentally label it. For example, you might silently say to yourself, this is sadness, or this is anger. This helps create a distance between you and your emotion, making it easier to observe without getting swept away by it. Pay close attention to the physical sensations associated with each emotion. Notice where in your body you feel tension, warmth, tingling, tightness, constriction, or any other sensations or vibrations. Don't try to change or judge these sensations. Simply observe them with curiosity. And as you observe these physical sensations, bring your focus back to your breath. Imagine that you're breathing into the area where you feel the emotion in your body. With each breath, allow the tension to soften and release. This can help calm the physical manifestations of the emotion. Now, once you identify the emotion, you may want to take this practice deeper by asking yourself, what does this part of me need at this moment? Maybe we have a core wound that has been triggered. Maybe this part needs to feel safety or security. Maybe it needs validation or reassurance. Maybe it needs love. Maybe it just needs to be held. See if you can visualize this part of yourself as you as a small child. Can you then envision yourself now as your higher self, perhaps a divine feminine or divine masculine, and give your inner child what it needs most in this moment? Recently, I found myself getting activated and I used this practice. I found myself sensing an old wound in my activation. 
It was fear of abandonment and unworthiness. I found that what my inner child needed was to feel safe and secure. So I pictured myself as a small child, and I even keep a photo of myself at two years old to help keep that vision crystal clear. I then envisioned my highest self bathed in light, and I told my inner child that she could trust me to never abandon her. I told her that I would always take care of her, that she was safe and secure because I would always protect her. I told her that no matter what external circumstances occurred, together we would get through it. And I held her in my mind, and then my activation settled. Now this is an advanced practice. So if you're not there yet, or it's too woo-woo for you, I urge you to just stay present. Continue to observe your emotions and their sensations as they ebb and flow. Be patient with yourself, as it may take time to fully understand and process your feelings. Now, bringing awareness to emotions in the body takes practice. Try to incorporate this into your daily routine, even for just a few minutes at a time. Over time, you may become more skilled at recognizing and managing your emotions in a healthier way. And once you're able to do that, you may try the more advanced technique of inner child work. Remember that mindfulness is about being present and non-judgmental. So be compassionate with yourself throughout this process. It can be challenging to confront and process emotions, but it can also lead to greater intelligence and well-being. And remember, everyone is going through their own difficult emotions. So just as we are learning to be compassionate with ourselves, we can be compassionate with others. And this leads to real healing. And maybe, just maybe, one day, I won't need to watch The Real Housewives to get my fix of drama because I won't need drama at all anyways. I hope you find this helpful. Until next time, stay joyful. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.